Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn in the Office of Mission, Ministry, and Interfaith Dialogue at St. Francis College in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. My great pleasure to be back again with you today. This is our first show of 2023. So blessed and happy new year, everyone. The purpose of our show, thank God for Monday, is still to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as I utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very special month, the month of January, designated as National Mentoring Month. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a very, very special guest. And he's no stranger to the WSOU and thank God for Monday Airwaves. His name is Scott Jeffrey Miller. Scott is the host of the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. And he's a former, thank God for Monday, guest as well. He is also the author of Master Mentors, Volume 2, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. Great morning, Happy New Year, and welcome back to Thank God for Monday, Scott. Greg, we both made it to 2023. Can you believe it? <laughs> there were days when I wasn't sure I'd make it, but I'm here, my friend. Well, that makes two of us, and I can tell you there's some people who wish I didn't make it, but that's a whole <laughs> story us. So I don't believe that. I don't believe that. that. Uh, Scott, kindly share with our audience from what city and state you're speaking from today, please. You know, I live in the typically beautiful city of Salt Lake City, Utah, where today it is overcast and dreary and the new year, but usually it's a phenomenal place, no humidity Four gorgeous seasons, lovely Mormons, me, of course, a Catholic amongst, amongst them, creating <laughs> harmony and joy in this great state out here. Uh, Salt Lake's a beautiful place. I'm from Orlando, Florida, originally, but I realized, you know, Greg, you don't have to live in humidity. And I discovered that at the age of 26, and I fled to the West. Uh, we're very, very jealous, uh, certainly, where you are, one of the most beautiful places in the world, uh, that's for sure. Scott, sadly, we've only got 30 minutes. We could talk for hours about you, your life experience. Oh, please do. Please talk uh, for hours about me. <laughs> this this great book here. But uh, before we jump right into the deep end of the pool about this great book you've written, Master Mentors, Volume 2, can I share with the listeners and I just a little bit about yourself, please? Well, so I've spent my 30-year career in the leadership development industry, worked for the Franklin Covey Company. Most people know Stephen Covey as the author of the seminal book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I was the chief marketing officer for that firm for 10 of my 27 years there. Wow. Started my career at the Walt Disney Company back in Orlando and moved out west, lived around the world in Chicago, London, Salt Lake, Orlando, 
my wife, Stephanie, and I have three young boys that are eight, 10, and 12. And now I, as you mentioned, am privileged to host the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. And I've authored six books and up until recently hosted a weekly radio program on iHeartRadio. My day job is I'm a literary talent and speaking agent. And I like and love, really enjoy shining the spotlight on other people and delighted to be back here for round two with you today. Oh, we are so blessed to kick off 2023 with someone of your ilk, Scott, uh, that's for sure. Let's jump right into the deep end of the pool. What inspired you to write a second volume of Master Mentor? Because I'm a narcissist, I guess I think people want to read what I write. You know, volume one is drawn from the podcast. So these books, Master Mentors, Greg, as you know, your listeners may not be fully aware what I do is I curate 30 interviews from the podcast that I think are especially transformative. And I bring them into the book with their permission and write a short, breezy, easy chapter about them. And volume one did very well. And so I published volume two with 30 new mentors, 30 new guests, and wrote a chapter about them. I'll continue to write uh, one of these books every year and publish it. And so I just feel like the first half of my career, I kind of had the spotlight turned on to me. Uh, I'm out there on a ladder and kept turning the spotlight onto me and kept turning it back onto me. And as I am a little older and wiser and maybe less, less narcissistic, I'm trying now to metaphorically shine my spotlight and my platform onto other authors and leaders in the hopes that people that want to be mentored by people they don't even know can have access to their ideas. So I really mean the book to shine the spotlight on the books or on the lives or on the lessons of the people featured in the book. Oh, that's so wonderful, certainly. Now, I would imagine that you may have gleaned some new insights from the second volume that you didn't have from the first. Is that a correct statement? And maybe if so, Scott, please, you can share some of these new insights that you may have gleaned. No, you're exactly right, Greg. I mean, the book is very episodic, right? There's 30 chapters, 30 mentors, 30 different transformational insights. There's no through line. Chapter two and chapter three have nothing in common. They're kind of like the chicken soup for the leadership soul in that, you know, you can read a chapter a night, take you 15 minutes max, maybe 10 minutes, put it down, think about it, wake up the next day, read the next chapter. And so chapter volume two is very different in volume one in terms of content, but it's very similar in terms of structure, flow, similar format, I put a QR code into each chapter that I say, hey, if you like this person, you might want to watch or listen to my interview with them to learn more. So each chapter has a QR code. You go right to it and watch the actual wow. podcast video. And so the insights are very different. And I choose things about parenting and about surviving plane crashes and about how to market better and you name it. It's a very, um, very, again, I'll use the word episodic book. I've collected 30 mentors that have transformational insights, but each of them are very different in terms of their lessons, their stature, their brands, and their insights. That's one of the things that really impressed me about this book. Uh, not only the depth, but the breadth of the insights. As you say, there were incredible topics and many, many different topics uh, that are covered uh, so beautifully. Now, I'm going to ask what may be an unfair question. I hope you don't mind. Out of the 30 interviews, are there a couple, maybe even four or five of them that really stand out for you? Well, certainly, Bobby Herrera. 
He actually is master mentor number 32. So the first book goes one through 30. The second book goes 31 through 60. The third book will go 61 through 90. So the second mentor in volume two is Bobby Herrera. I have lots of favorite mentors, but could I share his story real quickly? Please, we got plenty of time. Please do. So that. Bobby Herrera is a man, a Latino by ethnicity, Mexican by heritage, uh, American by birth. His family is one of fourteen. He's one of fourteen kids in his family, and wow. he was uh, he immigrated to the U.S. as a as an um, infant. Um, actually, he was born in New Mexico. He was uh, conceived in Mexico, born in New Mexico. <laughs> His family uh, lived on a farm in New Mexico. Um, and you can imagine being a Latino farm family, working for a Caucasian farmer. Uh, resources were scarce and tight, 14 kids. And sure. Bobby went on to become a very famous entrepreneur and author. He wrote a book that I highly recommend your readers buy called The Gift of Struggle. Oh, it's a very short book, beautiful book. And Bobby shares a story about how in high school, he and his brother played basketball. And every night when there was an away game, Greg, they would take the team bus and stop at a restaurant after every game, whether they were celebrating or licking their wounds, the team got off and they all went in and had a hamburger or whatever it was. Sure. Everybody got off and went and had dinner. Except for the Herrera brothers. They stayed on the bus because there was no money to go in and have dinner. And their mother had oh, packed them a brown no. bag to eat their dinner. Can you imagine how humiliating that was to have the oh. entire team go to dinner? So every night, the Herrera brothers stayed on the back of the bus, and they ate their dinner while the entire team was in having dinner. This was his life. There was not money both to play basketball and go to dinner. Oh, gee. Until one night, when one of the team members, father, a very successful businessman, reboarded the bus, walked back to the Herrera brothers and said, gentlemen, I want you to join the team for dinner tonight. He gave him each some money and said, be my guest. Don't tell anybody. No one needs to know. In exchange, I want you to think about your life plan and go make something of yourself so that you are in a position later in life to do the same to someone else. Wow. And Bobby said it was the first time in his life, Greg, that he ever felt seen. It was the first time in his life we ever felt someone cared about him. It's like This is a, a kid in high school. Oh. Bobby went on to become the entrepreneur of a half billion dollar company. And he wrote a famous book called The Gift of Struggle. 25 years later, he launches this book and he finds the father who he hasn't spoken to in 25 years. He flies him out to the book launch and he tells this story to a standing ovation on a dry eye in the house. Oh my goodness. The man's name was Harry Teague. Harry Teague flies back home, calls up Bobby Herrera the next day and says, oh my gosh, I remember that day. Bobby, I had no idea the impact that had on you Thank you so much for telling me you've made my life worth living. Oh. This is just some of the stories in the book to show that somebody reboarded the bus for you. Someone made you feel seen in life. Make sure that you are also metaphorically reboarding the bus for someone else and making them feel seen. That is one of 30 stories like that that I share in the book. Go buy his book. The Gift of Struggle. The Gift of Struggle. I'm putting that on my list right now. Now, I have to tell you, there was one story that stood out to me. The John Gordon, I love the Tell the Truth Mondays. 
tying in so beautifully with thank God for Monday. Would you like to share a little bit about Tell the Truth Mondays, John Gordon? Sure. I think there are three business authors in America that have something in common. They are um, Spencer Johnson. He wrote the very famous book, Who Moved My Cheese? Mm. Patrick Lencioni, who wrote lots of books, including The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And John Gordon, who wrote many books, including The Energy Bus. What they have in common is they are the three authors, Greg, that have mastered the art of the parable, right? How do you tell a leadership business concept within the concept of a parable or fable known mm. by some? Well, John Gordon has written, you know, dozens and dozens of books. The most famous, of course, is The Energy Bus. But I don't write about The Energy Bus in the book. What I write about is John is also, by the way, his name is J-O-N, John Gordon. His books have sold millions of copies. John is also a consultant to a lot of sports teams. He oh, goes out wow. and talks about a positive mindset and a, being an energy infuser. And so anyway, John shares that in one of his professional sports team, I think it might be an NBA team, might be NFL, I don't remember. He talks about how every Monday morning they have a meeting where they meet together and they brutally discuss what happened in the previous game. They watch the clips, they watch the moves. There is no blaming. There is no but this or if that or only that. Everyone just comes to the meeting brutally vulnerable and they talk about what went right and what went wrong. Oh, and there's wow. no egos, there's no deflection, there's no diffusing, there's no defense. They all come and they dissect all that went right, but perhaps most importantly, what also didn't go right and what should be learned from that. And I think it's such a great idea to share in business meetings to say, you know, what's your version of this meeting? What's your version of this Tell the Truth Mondays? Do you have a similar meeting? Do you have it in your family, in your congregation, in your in your neighborhood, or whatever the right context is? Not your neighborhood, but you know, I mean, your community sure. of people. Absolutely. Especially in a business setting, what's your version of Tell the Truth Monday morning meetings? Wow, that is really, really very powerful. And I would think in a parish, or even for the brothers in a school. To, uh, to get together on the Monday, in particular for a parish. We had masses the day before, what went well, what didn't. Boy, the applicability for that, the what can be, is infinite. Uh, no, no doubt about it. So thank you for sharing uh, both of those great stories uh, with us. It is January, National Mentor Month. Uh, silly question, maybe, but I have to ask it again anyhow. Can a younger person, since there's so many generations today in the workplace, can a younger person be a mentor to a member of an older generation? Help us out, Scott. What do you think? Well, no question. I mean, there's no question, right? I mean, whether it be how to uh, hook up your Zoom camera, whether it be what is the metaverse and how do I get on it or how do I avoid it or is it coming and what is it? Or how do I, you know, how do I understand the value of Instagram reels for my business or TikTok or should I post differently on YouTube versus LinkedIn? and all of that, I think, whether it's not just technology, it might be, what are the values and the needs of the younger generation? How do you consume information? And how do you make decisions? And what's important to you? And is my way still relevant? And should I change the way I think about certain things? Maybe my values stay consistent, but my practices and behaviors change a bit. There's no question. People call it reverse mentoring. 
for some reason, there's this false connotation that mentors have to be chronologically older than oh, your mentee. Oh. That's hogwash. So there is no question that mentoring is a reciprocal act. Someone might be younger, but more seasoned in the concept, right? My sense is, Greg, you know, I'm much older than you are, but perhaps I could teach you about something that you don't know. And there's no question you could teach me about something that I don't know. So I think it's inherent that mentorship is valuable, irrespective of age. It's about wisdom, about experience, about mistakes made and successes accomplished, but asking wise, open-ended questions, but vulnerability. This is something I really need to keep in mind because uh, I'm in a rapidly aging baby boomer. My next birthday will be 64. And Wait, you're way older than I am. What am I talking about? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it's so interesting because working in the college, literally some of my colleagues, I'm old enough to be their grandfather, but I can learn so much from them because they are so much closer to today's college students in age, in so many other ways, certainly. So so thank you for that. I need to keep a much more open mind and uh, learning from my younger colleagues as we proceed further uh, into 2023. Now, I'd be very curious, again, you've got 30 great master mentors here. And again, the depth and the breadth is just amazing. But were there some commonalities, Scott, that you could kind of see uh, in in many or most of this group of mentors, in Master Mentors, Volume 2? Certainly. Although their topics and expertise and life experiences are very divergent, they absolutely have commonalities. Two things I'll say. Um, they, might be, they, might, they might seem to be underwhelming, but I don't want the gravity to be lost on your listeners. One is, these are famous business titans. These are celebrities. These are best-selling authors. These are four-star generals. These are Pulitzer Prize-winning you know, literary experts. These are not slacks. They all have an indefatigable work ethic. They wow. work super hard. They do not rest on their laurels. They don't need more money. They don't need more fame. They don't need more followers. They just work really, really hard. They have life balance. They, I think, have good roles in their life, but they work extremely hard. They outwork people. But in most cases, they're not any smarter than you or I. They just have what I call an indefatigable work ethic. Wow. I wouldn't say they're workaholics. Hmm. They take vacations. They have cabins in the woods. They fish. They raise their kids, but they work really hard. Notice I didn't say they work smart. Yeah, I did notice that. Certainly, yeah. No. I think they do work smart, but I also think the good old-fashioned hard work, get up early, organize your time well, is still a valuable asset in society. Wonderful. Secondly, they have what we would call an abundance mentality. They have an abundance mindset versus a scarce mindset. They don't believe I have to sell my books first and then you can sell your book. Or if I can be the headliner then maybe you can be the keynote at a breakout session. They enter their relationships thinking there's enough for all of us, enough conferences, enough money, enough attention, enough everything. They, they live their lives through the lens of an abundance mindset. They don't think uh, scarcely. They've had setbacks. 
They've had bankruptcies. They've had marriages end. They've had loss of life. They just open up every day with a spirit of gratitude for what they do have. They open every day with a spirit of gratitude for what they don't have. Wow. My three boys ask me every day, Dad, don't you want to win the lottery? I do. <laughs> I want to win $600 million, and I want to give away $590 million of it because we don't need more than $10 million for the next 30 years. We don't need more because I want to enjoy going to a steak restaurant. I want to enjoy getting my car washed. I want to enjoy buying a new tennis racket. And if you had everything you wanted, then you wouldn't enjoy anything. My kids think I'm insane. But you know, all my parents were wiser than I thought they were. Mm, that is absolutely brilliant. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Now, I got to say, there are so many takeaways in this great book. No doubt about it, Scott. But from the author's vantage point, yours, what do you hope the reader will take away from this book? Are there a couple of really key points you are looking for the reader to take away? I think one. I'm on a kind of a one-man campaign to redefine what mentorship means. I think most of us, Greg, think mentorship means your company or your employer has a mentor program and they take junior people, they match them with senior people, or your mentor has to be in the C-suite or have an EVP title. That's just not true. How Most of my mentors it? in life don't even know I'm alive. Let me repeat that. Most of my mentors don't even know I exist. They're authors that I consume their books or they're speakers that I go and hear them speak at conferences or I listen to their podcast. You can, you can designate someone your mentor and have never had a conversation with them. So my gift in this book is to really challenge everyone's definition of what it means to have a mentor and what it means to be a mentor. I mean, without sounding too arrogant, I do mentor some people formally. We meet occasionally on in live and on Zoom. And I'm guessing, given the growth of my influence and my brand, and as my social media becomes more public, my books are bought more, I'm guessing there's at least one person in the world that would say, yes, Scott Miller is my mentor, and I don't know who they are. So redefine your definition of what mentorship is and go out and get some more mentors. Boy, that is absolutely amazing. Now, I'm just curious if someone is looking as part of their goals for 2023, and I bet after hearing this great talk of yours today, uh, they would be much more motivated to get some more mentors. Is there a way or two that uh, for a more formal mentoring relationship, how someone would go find a couple of formal mentors. What has worked for you, please? Yeah. First and foremost, as a mentee, as a person looking for a mentor, you have to become very clear on what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you wanting to build? Are you thinking of getting a, a law degree or an MBA? Are you thinking of becoming a cosmetologist or a plumber? Are you thinking of launching a business or creating a side hustle? Are you wanting to get promoted in your company or pivot out from your company? You want to kind of get clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then you want to go find someone that has either done that successfully or failed at it miserably. Both are just as valuable. Wow. I don't think if you want to go have a 40-year marriage, I don't think the best thing is to go find a guy 
or a gal that's had a 40-year marriage. Because the likelihood that I have their patience, their temperament, their humor, their humility, their trust fund, it's zero. If I want to learn to have a 40-year marriage, I go to the guy that's had four marriages. Because I want to know what are all the things you screwed up so that I can walk up to that pothole and walk around it. Oh, so I think that you can be very brilliant. deliberate and being clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish and then go find someone that can help you ask smart questions and help to steer you based on your passions, your success, and your goals, not their passions, their success, and their goals. It's the biggest trap that mentors fall into is when they say, well, if I were you, I would. No, 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 no. You're not them. They don't have your education or your field of experience or your self-awareness. They have their education, their experience, oh, and their wow. self-awareness. So to the extent any of your listeners are mentoring others, do not fall into the trap, Greg, of ever saying, well, if I was you, because you're not them. Wow. Oh, that is so empowering. Thank you so very much. Sadly, we've only got about five minutes, Scott, believe it or not, but I got a couple of still very important questions for you. Were there any surprises? Was there one especially big surprise when writing this book and speaking with these 30 great individuals? Well, one is I do not recommend any of your listeners ever try to write a book about 30 famous people because that's hard. Getting permissions <laughs> from publishers, editors, publicists, agents, attorneys, do not do it. That's rule number one. Um, the second, The second one is... What surprised me? I had a thought, but I'm kind of changing my mind. It's generally just how willing these people were. Not because, you know, at first blush, your listeners might think I'm naive or a Pollyanna. Uh, but I was surprised at how willing all of these famous contributors were to let me share one of their ideas. It goes back to just their abundance mentality. I mean, these are fairly, very famous people depending on how you describe fame, right? Or yeah. influence or credibility or whatever accomplishment, they were very generous with their agreement to let me share one of their ideas. Now, yes, they actually will sell more books and they'll have more followers on social media, but it was more than that. I don't want to under, I don't want to undersell them. It goes back to, I'm so delighted with how abundant and generous they were allowing me to, to delve deeper into one of their ideas. And maybe I'm naive, but I'm kind of a glasses uh, half full kind of guy. I can sense that totally. And it's very interesting because I would think these individuals would have some sort of competitiveness in them. But yet, as you say, it's not about uh, competing. It's about collaborating and it's his abundance mentality. It's it's so beautiful. I also think, I also think Greg, I'll, I'll toot my own horn here, which I don't do hopefully a lot, is I think oh, they please. trusted me. I think they trusted me. I think they said, you know what? Scott makes and keeps commitments. We had a good interview with him on his podcast. He treated me well. He said he's going to write about this. He said it's going to be about this. And there were no ambush. I did what I said I was going to do. At the end of the day in life, your reputation, which may be next to your soul if you're a religious person, is likely your most valuable asset, your reputation. Your reputation is merely a collection of all the commitments you make and keep. And so I think in many ways, these authors were willing to 
extend trust to me because they knew I would be a faithful translator of their ideas. That's so important for all of us, including me, and especially me to remember as we enter into 2023 and proceed forward with this new year, the importance of being reliable, uh, the importance of authenticity, the importance of building that trust. That'll go a long way. That's amazing how you've been able to, well, meeting you for the second time for this second interview, I'm not surprised how you've been able to do that, Scott, but uh, kudos to you. And that's a real lesson for the listeners and I this morning. We've saved, Scott, the most important question for last, please. From where can our loyal listeners purchase Master Mentors Volume 2, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds? And how can we best follow you, please? So my books are on every book retail site. They're in independent bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, you name it. You can find my books anywhere. You can visit me at scottjeffreymiller.com. And you can find me on every social media platform. It is not hard to find me. (laughs) Terrific. Listeners, I just want to make sure I spell Scott's name for you. S-C-O-T-T-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-M-I-L-L-E-R. We as Franciscans, you know, listeners, we don't hold on to the good. We share the good. Scott has shared so much of his good today. Therefore, I implore you, go out and buy this book, not only for yourself, Buy it for someone else. Not too late to give a post-holiday gift. This would be fabulous because there's just so many nuggets in this book. Scott's touched upon some of them today, but there's a lot more. And indeed, uh, you will change a person's life. You will change their work life. You will change the world by sharing the greatness uh, of this book. So please, please, please uh, do that as well. Scott Jeffrey Miller, we can't thank you enough for gracing us once again on Thank God for Monday. We've been inspired. uh, We've been enlightened. We've been entertained. It really a great 30 minutes, just like our first interview. We wish you continued joy, success, happiness, contribution, abundance, as you continue on with this incredible work you're doing uh, into 2023 uh, and beyond, certainly. And of course, you know, you always have an open mic if and when a Master Mentors 3 comes out. And beyond, you've always got an open mic here on Thank God for Monday. So all the best as you proceed through 2023. Greg, thank you. And thank you for your wattage. I appreciate the platform and the spotlight on my work. Uh, Really, the pleasure is always ours. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday mornings, just like Scott does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. Until next week's episode, have a great week, everyone. God bless for a wonderful year. Bye-bye.